Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome to another edition of The Advocate. I'm your host, Nick Phillips, and I'm here with... Kathy Lux. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? I'm doing great. We're doing... Well, it's another day. It's another week. It's an, And what a week, you know? Things are happening. Very newsworthy week. Well, we're going to talk today about a ship that is named, or will be named, after the city of Cleveland. And with us today, we have Mike Davila, also known as Commander Mike Davila. Mike, thank you for joining us. Hi, Mike. My pleasure. Good to hear you both. Uh, talking about the ship, has the ship USS Cleveland been named yet? Is uh, is that how they do that, or is the ship still under construction and unnamed? It has been named. Uh, the Secretary of the Navy made the designation back in the fall of 2018. Uh, that, that's done early on, but uh, USS does not go in front of the ship until she's actually put in commission, which will happen, scheduled to happen next year in Cleveland. So properly, we call it the Cleveland right now. Yes, that's right. Or we can call it by its hull number, which is LCS-31, and for littoral combat ship, which is the type of vessel that it is. Well, let's talk a little bit about Mike Davila. Thank you for joining us. You're a former state rep here in the state of Ohio. Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about your background and your affiliation with the Navy. Sure. Well, that, that's right. I did have the opportunity to serve uh, the state of Ohio and the people of the southwestern part of Cuyahoga County for six years in the House of Representatives from 2011 through 2016. Uh, I've been a commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy since 2002, so coming up on 21 years this spring. And I'm actually at the Naval War College right now uh, working on a master's program here, and I'll wrap up and move back home in, in June. So uh, that's kind of two parts of my professional career on the civilian and the military side. Where, where is and, the Naval uh, War College located? Oh, sure. It's in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, where most of our schoolhouses are located these days. In the Navy. For, for the Navy. And then you'll be yeah. returning back. And uh, tell us about the Cleveland, and how did you become involved in that? So in the fall of 2018, the Secretary of the Navy made the designation that Cleveland would receive its fourth ship, uh, named for the city of Cleveland, and we can talk a bit about the, the previous three if that's of interest to you and your listeners. Uh, but at that point, a handful of us got together, five of us, as volunteers to form what would be sort of a traditional commissioning committee for the ship. So when a ship is named for an individual or a city or a state, uh, either the family or a group of community leaders comes together and uh, forms a nonprofit organization typically that supports the ship during the process from contract all the way through commissioning. And then after that, that's sort of the, the end of the traditional process. We organized our organization around that element as phase one with the concept of then during phase two, continuing to, to support the ship and its crew while it's in service. And that's typically 15 to 25 years for this type of ship. And then phase three, returning the ship back to Cleveland, its namesake city at the end of service life, to become a museum and a memorial to all four ships 
that have been called Cleveland over the years. So it's a much more expansive project than a, what I would call a garden variety commissioning committee. So it's really a multi-decade project that we have underway as an organization. Well, it sure, sure sounds like it. We're going to take a short break. We're talking to Mike Davila. He's the chairman, I believe, of the USS Cleveland Legacy Foundation. And we're going to talk more about that after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux, stay with us. We'll be back after these words. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with... And Kathy Lux and yeah. Mike Davila. And, and Mike, tell us uh, what what is the purpose of the ship? So uh, the future USS Cleveland, LCS-31, is a littoral combat ship. And there are two variants of this ship, the Freedom variant and the Independence variant. Ours is the Freedom, and it's being built right now up in Marinette, Wisconsin, about an hour north of Green Bay. And this is the type of ship that can do a sort of close-in-to-shore support. It only has a draft of about 12 and a half feet. So, so, well, so explain, explain for the listeners that don't know the language here, what, what does the draft mean? That's the amount of, uh, of footage below water. Right? Okay. She only draws about 12 and a half feet below water, so a very shallow draft, which means she can get in very close to shore and, you know, execute the kind of operations that are needed in terms of uh, counter piracy, counter drug. Uh, you think about what the Chinese are doing in the South China Sea right now, building uh, islands, artificial islands out of coral reefs in order to expand um, their reach into international waters. Uh, so presence in those types of areas. So it, it's a really uh, kind of multimodal, multi-mission type of ship that can be used for a variety of different purposes. And so does it carry weapons? It does. What type? It does, but it can be outfitted for any number of different packages depending on uh, on what the Navy needs. So uh, we think that ours will probably carry countermine measures, but uh, this type of vessel can also be used for uh, counter you know, anti-surface, uh, counter-sub, special operations, any number of different mission packages that, that the Navy, as it needs, can put on board this, this type of ship. We talked about, uh, in the past, having a destroyer, and this is now, you call it a littoral combat ship. What does the term littoral mean in terms of its function? So the littorals, L-I-T-T-O-R-A-L, the littorals are, are again, the area of the ocean that's close into the shore. So this is the type of ship that can operate uh, both in the high seas, but certainly close to shore as well, where a ship with a, a larger draft on it, an aircraft carrier, a cruiser, a destroyer, simply can't gain access because it's, the water is too shallow. Uh. So 12-foot draft, when we're talking about the old destroyers, what kind of draft uh, do they have? I was just wondering. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, that's all right. But I was just wondering, 12 feet. So, yeah, uh, happy to talk about what our organization is doing. And, uh, you know, uh, we can refer oh, to sure. folks on, on technical matters with the with the shipbuilder if that's, uh, if that's of interest to, to you and your listeners. It, it is. Tell us about your organization and what they're doing. The Legacy Foundation. So, yeah, so the USS Cleveland Legacy Foundation was uh, – uh, was formed in, in the minds of just a handful of people in the fall of 2018. And then we received our, our nonprofit status as a 501c3 in the fall of 2019. So, so we've so, been up and running now for I'm sorry, a little Mike, bit over three years. Not to interrupt, but 
but I am. Um, <laughs> how did this organization form? Who who initiated this process? Uh, so there were five of us as volunteers who came together around the organization, myself and four other community leaders. And uh, today the board has actually grown out to uh, 14 additional folks or total folks on the board at this point and a number of retired flag and general officers, so admirals, generals uh, from Actually, all branches of the Armed Forces, now that I think about it, other than the Air Force, are part of the organization as honorary directors, uh, along with some corporate community leaders. Uh, Bill Summers and Chris Connor, for example, uh, formerly from McDonald Investment, and Sherwin-Williams have come on board as well as honorary directors for the organization. And then um, the actual directors themselves, the fiduciaries on the nonprofit board, uh, are from a variety of backgrounds within the community, um, consultants, uh, medical doctors, those with military background and so forth, just uh, all community leaders who are interested in supporting this project. Um, and all that information is actually available and, and board member bios and that sort of thing on our website, which is USScleveland.org. Is it usual for ships to have a legacy foundation or is this somewhat unusual? It's unusual in, in, from the standpoint of its duration, its projected duration. Uh, just about every ship gets some kind of a, a commissioning committee that organizes in order to provide support during the contract or commissioning phase, uh, but not in terms of longer, uh, longer-term engagement. Outside of the fact that every ship receives a ship sponsor, which by custom is a woman who is assigned um, as sort of the, the supporter and the, the spirit of the ship, and uh, her connection to the ship is during the, the balance of its lifetime. So from the time she's named as the sponsor all the way until decommissioning, which could potentially be decades later, depending on the type of vessel. Um, our ship sponsor is Robin Modley, and she is the wife of uh, the former undersecretary and acting secretary of the Navy, Tom Modley, who originally hails from Shaker Heights. So that's our Cleveland connection. There's our Cleveland through, connection there. Yeah, the former secretary and his, and his wife. Over the course of the life of the ship, uh, what all will the foundation do that the Navy won't be doing anyway? What yeah, additional that's, that's things? That's a great question, and, and it's one that we receive a lot because uh, the folks are curious about, you know, doesn't the military, doesn't the, the government or the Navy provide all of this? And the way that we sort of draw the line of distinction is that the Navy provides for what we call the man, train, equip part of it. So they'll build the ship, they'll provide the crew, they'll provide the crew its training. But everything beyond that is really a support structure that we as the community are providing uh, for this ship and for its crew. So all the ceremonial kinds of things that will take place during the course of, um, of the, con- the contractor commissioning phase, that's a shared effort between the U.S. government and our organization. That is, we're, is, we're is that the extent, what, I'm sorry, is that the extent of the everything beyond the ceremonial stuff, or is there more? In the everything There's beyond. More. That's, that's actually just where I was going. So we'll, we'll provide, particularly during phase two of the organization, support for the crew. So um, there, there are morale, welfare, and recreation organizations within the military, but they don't always provide um, the immediate and direct support in terms of, uh, say, a family emergency comes along where a sailor needs uh, a plane ticket to fly somewhere quickly. That's the kind of thing that we can provide. Uh, we can help provide recognition for special moments that occur in the individual sailor's life. So um, an advancement, a promotion, a marriage, the birth of a child, retirement, these kinds of things. And then ultimately what we really want to help do, and this I think is is unique, it's not 
uh, certainly rare within the naval community, is to help those who are about to separate or retire from naval service to find employment afterward, and ideally to find employment back in Cleveland with veteran-friendly corporations and organizations that are looking to bring on board people who have the kind of talent and experience that's been gained in the service of the country while wearing the uniform, and then come back to Cleveland and, and live, work, and raise a family in Northeast Ohio. You mentioned about commissioning will be done. Will that be done here in Cleveland, I think you said? It will. We just christened the ship on uh, April 15th up in Wisconsin, but the ship will actually come to Cleveland, and this will be the first of the four United States ships named Cleveland in American history to have ever made a port call in Cleveland, much less to begin her naval service in city. And that's scheduled right now tentatively, and, and this can certainly slide depending on uh, finalizing construction and fitting out and sea trials and all of that, but it's scheduled for September of 2024. And, and uh, you know, with regard to coming out here, it's amazing you're saying that it will be decommissioned and will come back to Cleveland. They they can plan that far out. So how how many years of service do they project, and might that be extended? Well, that that's our plan as a nonprofit organization. I think we probably. Um, blew some minds at the Pentagon before a piece of steel had even been cut to construct the ship. We approached them and said, um, we'd like to take that ship at the end of service life and, and bring her back to Cleveland. So uh, there are sort of three ordinary dispositions for U.S. Navy ships at the end of commissioned service. They're either sold to a foreign Navy, uh, they're sunk, uh, used as target practice and sunk, or they're scrapped and, you know, turned into, into proverbial razor blades. Oh. Um, but rather than <laughs> think scrap or sell, we want to save the ship and and bring it back home. So, you know, we're all familiar with USS Cobb, the World War II era submarine that's already down on the waterfront and, and just had um, had a, a renovation to its hull done very recently. It looks terrific once again. Um, you know, the idea would be to bring it back and have, um, have a counterpart uh, static display there that could be used for a variety of different purposes, including uh, serving as an educational resource center, a place for tours. And, and a place to just memorialize four ships that will have been named for Cleveland that date back to the early part of the 20th century. So it'll be about 150 years of history at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, Mike, you said this is a nonprofit organization. How is it funded? Well, that's a really good question, Kathy, and it's been very gratifying given how sophisticated the philanthropic community is in Cleveland. Uh, given the support that has very quickly come behind the USS Cleveland Legacy Foundation. We set a, a pretty ambitious goal of a $5 million campaign at the beginning of this. We call it launching a legacy. And so these, they, these they, are they, private donors? These are private donors from the corporate uh, foundation and high net worth individual community. And we've raised about $3.4 million at this point. So uh, the goal is to, to try to wrap up about 80% of that to get to the $4 million stage by later this year, and then to flip over into what we so Mike, are referring to as, as the public phase of our campaign. Okay, effort. so we, we need to take a short break, but we want to talk more about that when we come back. Great. Very good. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy, Kathy Lux. Lux. And uh, Commander Mike Davila talking about the USS Cleveland. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these words for Stay our please. final segment. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate, along with... Kathy Lux and Mike Davila. 
Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Talking about the USS Cleveland, a um, an LCS. Is that what they, those initials are, the LCS? Yes, that's right. LCS. And we're learning something slowly here, but sinking in finally. Uh, we're talking about the uh, philanthropic nature of the people in Cleveland, and you've raised uh, a lot of money so far. Uh, is there anything that the foundation is doing at this point other than waiting for the ship to be commissioned? We have a number of different programs underway right now. So we're, we're planning some events around uh, the commissioning of the ship. And, and as I indicated, that'll be targeted for September of 24. Could slide one way or the other. But that'll be uh, several days' worth of events that take place in downtown Cleveland right on the waterfront. Uh, but we've also launched a really interesting and, I think, innovative educational program for uh, school children. Uh, right now, it's being piloted in the Cleveland Metropolitan School District at Wade Park School and some other locations, but we call it our STEAM STARS program. So uh, for those who are familiar with the, uh, the STEAM disciplines, uh, similar to STEM, but with arts, so you know, focused on science, technology, education, arts, and mathematics, and we've designed a seven-module curriculum that uh, basically uses different occupations within the Navy and then ties them into those academic academic discipline areas uh, to help convey to students the importance of uh, service to the country and, you know, frankly, opportunities within these different areas, whether in the military or outside of the military. That's excellent. And, and, and so how, how does been that work really in terms of how do you take that into the schools? Do you provide materials? Do you provide, um, what, what, what does that really boil down to? Yeah, so great question. It's um, it's kind of a train-the-trainer process where um, it's the the teacher himself or herself within the classroom that we provide the materials uh, to work through the different modules and to facilitate the program. And then uh, for the first group that went through, this was very exciting. We were able to take uh, 30 students from Wade Park School in, in Cleveland on the Near East Side up to Marinette, Wisconsin, just about a year ago. And uh, they were probably outside of the board members uh, some of the first Clevelanders to actually see this ship under construction. It was still up on blocks inside one of the buildings uh, being done, and they had an opportunity to interact with the, with the CEO of the shipyard, some other executive-level folks, and to talk about career opportunities in manufacturing and industry and in the Navy and just uh, other sorts of opportunities. So That's great. That's the kind of connective tissue we're trying to provide between this foundation and with the greater Cleveland community, which is a far more expansive mission than you would typically see from a commissioning committee. Mike, if uh, there are people who are listening who are really interested in supporting this project and this ship, uh, is there a website, or how would they get in contact with you or the foundation? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is ussclevelandorg and um, you can take a look out there and see all the board members who are involved, uh, our staff team, uh, the different phases that we've talked through today, so contract through commissioning, support during service life, and retirement as a museum, and then opportunities to uh, both donate financially and to provide volunteer support, which we'll need a considerable amount of as we go into some of the major events next year. Um, I should also mention, uh, Nick and Kathy, that we're we're sponsoring a lone sailor statue. It's only the 18th one of these on planet Earth, the original ones in D.C. at the Navy Memorial, and we temporarily dedicated our statue inside Great Lakes Science Center, which is one of our corporate sponsors, back in 2021. And a process is underway right now to design an outdoor permanent memorial with an honor and memorial wall uh, of plaques for those who've served in the military 
uh, in the sea services in particular, or for family members. So all of that's underway, and, and uh, you'll see more of that as we move into the coming months. Well, we're very proud to have a naval vessel named after the city of Cleveland, and we'll all feel part of it. Absolutely. And we'll all be wishing it and its crew, crews, because it'll be a number of years in service, sure. uh, long, long beyond when I'm around, I, I believe. Uh, but uh, we'll be watching it. We'll be watching it coming back here to Cleveland, uh, hopefully September 24th for the opening and the commissioning, and we'll go from there. And, Mike, give us the contact information one more time. Oh, sure. The website is ussCleveland.org. That's easy. ussCleveland.org. Well, thank you so much, uh, Commander DeVilla, for joining us and telling us about the USS Cleveland and how it's going to be coming here to Cleveland. My pleasure. Thank you both for having me on today. My pleasure. You take care and have a good day. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Nice hearing from you, Mike. Thanks. Same time, same station, so stay healthy. And take care, everybody. Goodbye. Drifting days after the war I found a tea room north of the Mozambique shore The Advocate is sponsored by Nick Phillips and is responsible for its content.